Flyers just bad now. Are they going to give up ten goals? Are they Are they going to do it? Are they? That's what I'm worried about. Like you remember what was it? Four or five years ago by now, when Colorado was just getting ten spots dropped on them all the time, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh yeah, let's oh, stream oh, against." Man. Did it happen? Oh, they're like pressing hard. They're bad. The Flyers are. They're not this bad. bad. That's the problem, though. Like I don't see an end in sight. You remember first half of their season, pre-COVID break for them. We were saying they don't deserve these wins. They are winning games, but they don't deserve them. Well, it's because they don't shoot. They haven't been. Yeah. Like, that's why they don't deserve those wins. Now like, they're fucking laying the shots on thick. They are. They're they're shooting. <sighs> Fuck and then me. they got a string of injuries. Goalies are playing like shit. Goalies are playing like shit, dude. There are a few good things going on right now. They pulled Elliott. Unpleasant. He had like a 600 save percentage, and then Carter went in, and he's got a 600 save percentage. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? And, that, dude, they shook up the lines, and it's like Giroux, Couturier, and I forget who was. They're all on the fourth line. So it's like, I don't know what AV's got going on. I want some of that weed. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like, what do you even say during intermissions? Like, you're down nine zip going into the third. What do you even say? All right, boys, all we need is fucking ten. Go out there and get them. I don't, I don't fucking see an end in sight. Why did Gossis Bear not play Oh, because he was minus three last game. I bet you every single flyer is minus three this game. You know, I'm not trying to say that Gossis Bear is the defensive glue that holds this whole fucking building together or anything, because he is sure shit not. He's directly responsible for a couple goals against in the last few. And it's not even like Matt Niskanen could have stopped this one, right? Zibanejad's just fucking blowing up Buchnevich out of nowhere. Oh. Well, not out of nowhere. This has been his fucking... It's just nobody's paying attention. He's like a 70-point guy right now, dude. This is my problem, and I want to I put this out to the world. Sure. How often has this been a problem for everybody else? Because I know that you, me, and Raj have all talked about it. Yeah. Where this year, ESPN is not saving correctly. You go in, you set your lineup, you do something, and then you go out and you're like, all right, I did it like, uh, well, well ahead of time, and I done set, and then you fucked. Yeah, it happened fucked. to me last week. Is this happening to other people, or is or like because you said it happened to you? I know it happened to you. It, yeah. it's unfortunate. So I I had Buchnevich in the IR to open up a spot while he was out. So then he's he's in. Want to drop OEL because I'm hanging. I've hung on too long. You know the idea of OEL. Hung on too long. Can't do it anymore. I just can't. <laughs> and then it didn't save. Then he scores two goals and two assists. Oh man, I am. It's a bad day all around. See, and then I had to <laughs> yes. deal with that all happening against the Flyers. Like, I have wildly mixed emotions, and they're all just mixed emotions of different kinds of angry. Yep. So, like... Every flavor angry. <laughs> <laughs> Birdie Bot's every flavor angry jelly beans. That's where we're at right now. Anyway, welcome to fucking five-hole fantasy hockey and shit, so... Hard work, steely resolve, and sure, grittiness. It starts with an attitude. We need swagger. Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Keep your swagger. This is Zach. Roger got the night off. Fucking shitty day man uh injuries Andres Lee shut down he's getting surgery um 
Adam Fox, Pablo. Fucking. I'm starting it off. We don't we don't have the pop whiskey anymore. I got the screw top. It's a big boy. Two handed whiskey. All right, Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich returned from COVID protocol. Went on to absolutely mollywop the Flyers. Zach, are you ready to move on from Carter Hart in redraft leagues? Because is this the straw that's breaking the camel's back? Because it's going on like three weeks now that we're like, you know, it'll get better. It just fucking hasn't. And the Flyers don't look better as a team. He was getting wins early. We we said, you know, they they did not deserve those wins. Or at least I know I did. Like, I, I don't feel that they deserved the wins they were getting. And, and now it's catching up to them. Well, that all depends on who. Buffalo beating them and shit. It depends not this on week. who you can pick up. Now, if, if you're selling them, you're definitely selling them at Adam Miller. You know, a low. Yeah. Nobody wants to touch him. Nobody. Maybe. Okay. So is, is Flyers have generally been a second half team. I'm actually surprised they were doing as well in the first half of the year as they have been. Maybe they're bookending this year. Is this actually a good time to buy low? Fuck. On car. Dude, dude, fucking goalies, man. No, I don't know. I don't buy goalies. I sell goalies. I, I don't mind upgrading on goalies. What if you have a, you know, what if you have a Peter Morazic? Yeah, and that's going to get, because we got a bunch of mailbag questions about goalies. Um, Robin Leonard's coming back this weekend. Hopefully, like, Flurry started 17 in the last 18 games. You can only imagine that. Leonard's gonna get one and soon he's been medically cleared all looks good I think Mrazek has been medically cleared too like he got pins taken out of his hand and shit so he's gonna be coming up that is gonna be our first question in the mailbag when we get there uh Evgeny Malkin day-to-day undisclosed injuries anti-ranta no fucking surprise there LBI as predicted Tyson Berry game time decision tonight he is playing Ottawa Joey Decor. Went out tonight. Philip Gustafsson is making his NHL debut. Uh, I forget how that game ended. Yeah, the Canucks uh, which won. One? Canucks won in a shootout. So yeah, so they're on like their fourth string goalie right now, which is brutal. Uh, I hope, you know, I hope they can start getting healthy. They were they were stringing together a very surprising season at least, and they were fun to watch. Uh, Tanner Pearson left the game. I didn't get any updates on him. Ralph Kruger got fired. Is AV next? Fuck me. I don't think AV is next. You can't. Is that can't a surprise? This, that can't that put this in the coach. Is that a surprise, though? No. Not at all. This is like the seventh coach under the Pagulas, and and now I watched the Kevin Adams press conference, the GM for Buffalo. He's <laughs> Every time one of the reporters asked him a question, he just started, his answer were like this just soul-crunching sigh. He was just like... I mean, you know, we just need to change the culture and stuff. <laughs> just it was, it was hard to watch. Um, There's no, there like nobody there is doing well. Nobody there wanted to do well, and I think you know that's probably why Kruger got the shaft is he lost the room or whatever. But what do you think this does? Like, um, <laughs> is there is there any way we can put a good spin on this? Like maybe Jeff Skinner has another ten game reset before the new coach h- hates him and stuff. But you know maybe. Skinner is worth a look. I can't, I can't even say it with a straight face. What do you think? I, I definitely don't think Skinner's worth a look for sure. I mean, I will, <laughs> I will just, I will never do it. Can't do that. But I don't know. I don't think it's good for anybody. I'm, I'm actually, I'm having trouble on these, on this one. I mean, I've picked up Tage Thompson in, in the past. Been disappointed with such a thing. I've picked up 
Tobias Reader, at least he's playing on, like, probably the best line. Well, I don't know. Jesus, it's hard. I <laughs> mean, it's, it's, grass, it's grasping at straws. Um, and these are only guys where, like, I don't know, sometimes I picked them up just because. But Reinhardt those just because ones. Lasted. Yeah, and I, I, I think that Reinhardt can still do it, but, like, I don't know. They're in the straight crapper now. If he's going to do it, he's going to need, like, a six-shot game to do to do so. I don't know. I just don't see it. I'm not picking up anybody from Buffalo right now. I'm just not. I'm just not. Yeah. I do think Skinner gets the biggest bump here just because there's another coach that doesn't hate him yet. Uh, it's not going to bury him. Hopefully he gets a look. But still, it's like, you know, what is what is being the the biggest beneficiary in Buffalo mean right now? You're, you're like the best chance at relevance that you have is playing with Eric Stahl which I don't know. I don't know if I can buy into it at all, but some fun stuff in Calgary. How do you feel about this? Brett Ritchie has been crunching and he's in the top six. I think he's playing with Gaudreau and Monaghan right now. And looks like, you know, we got a couple flames fans in our discord and stuff. And they were telling us that Ritchie was out there during the last 90 seconds, protecting a lead or coming back from a lead. I forget, but it looks like the coach trusts him. The minutes, like they're not pretty just yet, but if we're talking about just the last three games here he's got five pims jesus 13 hits in his last three games and four shots no big deal one point but like is there any interest in brett ritchie maybe a deep league if i'm trying to lead a horse to water to say yes here i'm also i'm on to jump <laughs> i'm trying to spin it yes. the best way possible I'm, yeah. I'm down to pick up calgary players i mean i'm always down for a michael backland but but brett i'm down for some brett ritchie i mean he's got 28 hits in eight games played so like the crunch is Definitely there. And he's for playing him. with Rogero and Monahan. I mean, come on. Third wheel, big time. I'm digging it. Sutter's doing some stuff with the power play. He's not sold on Rasmus Anderson. And for good reason. He's been like ice cold. Uh Noah Hannafin was getting some top power play looks. Definitely something to monitor. I don't think he's he's obviously just starting the experimenting. So Hannafin's gonna be getting this look, but I don't think he's gonna be done. He probably wants to get a little bit of everybody. He wants to see his players. And like we said, when Daryl Sutter was hired, it's probably going to be Geo end of the day, just because Sutter's like an old school kind of guy. But in the short term, what do you think about Hannafin here? I think it was just his last game that he started getting top power play looks. And I'm fine with it because that power play is totally top heavy. Whoever the fifth wheel is, if, if that's such a thing, then I'm also down. These are just like, at least for me, more of like a hold on to for the week kind of thing or like a couple of days if they if they have a stretch. But I mean, Noah Hannafin is more of a stream for the day drop after the game start kind of guy. It really looks like Sutter likes him, man. Like he got a season high. If he's staying on there, then then sure. But I'm not, you know, keeping him just to see. Yeah. Get, get ahead of the game. Get in on the ground floor. I, I think if we're Rasmus Anderson owners, maybe you can move on because it looks like it's over. Looks like he's not sold. You know, season high time on ice for Noah Hannafin in the last game. Wasn't an overtime game or any of that. Uh, had a goal on two shots, had two blocks. Uh, he's not much for crunch. He is getting top power play. And I mean, Anderson wasn't much for crunch, and we liked him to a certain degree. So uh, Nick Ritchie in Boston got top power play back. So, you know, David Krejci can probably stream out. Hopefully, your Nick Ritchie owner dropped him and you can get him. I think uh, I dropped Nick Ritchie and I'm. When this is over, I'm going to go try and get him back. He was good. Zach, Vancouver claimed Jimmy VC. 
<laughs> it looks like you're about to crack it's, up here. It's, it's like you're just like dangling, you know, <laughs> you're just throwing up grapefruits here. You're just throwing up grapefruits. I hate Jimmy Vasey. Uh, me too. I hate him. Anybody, like, if, if you are one of the people that, like, picked him up while he had, like, a couple of good games, and hey, man, good for you. But I didn't do it because oh, I don't pick up Jimmy Vasey. It's like trying to find a needle in a needle stack, man, and you're just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, the, well, in Toronto, like Alex Galchenyuk is getting his first games. He's on line two. <laughs> Here's another grapefruit for you. <laughs> like, are you interested in Alex Galchenyuk in the top six? I don't know what his power play time looks like, but as like split power play time, who knows if it's? It, I mean, if they're still splitting, it's going to be with somebody good. That's going to be interesting. I'm more interested in Joe Thornton. Totally fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they practiced their power plays today, but. It looks like there's no changes. Like Wayne Simmons is on there. It doesn't look like Galchenyuk's getting any power play time. So nothing too exciting. I do have him in a like I think two super deep dynasty leagues. So I'm excited to finally get some fucking points out of him. But uh, Dubas has said that all top prospects are available in trade. They are like they're crazy all in this year because they're they're not going to see Boston. Or Tampa till the third round. It's a perfect year to like seriously go for it. Do you think this is the end for Nick Robertson, or like a Timothy Liljegren, or what? What really happens with some of these top prospects? Who do you and think I they're after him. too? Ricard Raquel, like Rickard Rackle has been linked. Uh, I could see Kyle Palmieri. Oh, I hope it's not Kyle Palmieri, but I could see them doing that. I would much prefer Rickard Rackle. Yeah. In fact, I think he would play well into that style of play. I like, think Rex big, big is probably time. Boston bound because you know they they, they have a ton of history. Like they got Andre Kasha, um, there was the uh, David Backus deal. So like they have a little bit of a rapport, and it just seems like it's going to happen. Like I don't want them to get Rickard Rackle, but they're probably going to get him, and that's a bummer. It's a serious fucking bummer. We're, we're actually, we have a really interesting question for the mailbag too, but that's, that's where we're going to kick it off here, man. The first mailbag question is about two goalie triads here. And the first one is Carolina. The second one's Dallas. So let's start off with Carolina because Peter Mrazek is coming back. James Reimer is kind of the, he's the de facto guy. And I think Nadelkovich can be tossed up and down through the taxi squad with no problems. Like he already passed waivers. So he can come up and down. Is it that simple that Nedeljkovic just goes down and Reimer's the backup when Mrazic comes back? Because Nedeljkovic has been the better goalie. 67% quality starts, 929 save percentage, 2.08 goals allowed. And this is all compared to Reimer's 2.74, 907, and 47% quality start rate. But they both have winning records. They both have really good records. But Nedeljkovic has been putting up like the the way better stats way better what do you think happens here do they trade Reimer it's it's easier said than done but like I don't think there's a reason to trade Reimer uh so a lot of a lot of people are shitting on Reimer down here to be honest with you I I kind of get why like he's he's definitely shown that he can't be that guy that you can rely on all the time he is best as a backup I'll agree there yes he is best as a backup and if you notice it seems like they always have a lot more shots against on Reimer and Nedeljkovic. Ned seems like he gets pelted a little bit more and seems to thrive. 
in in that whole idea. If you were doing something with one of them, if you were steadfast on only having two goalies, then it's Reimer you're getting rid of. To keep net around, even if you just run with three goalies, just run with three goalies. It you hasn't going. You know what I mean? And they have a. Uh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think they're actually a serious contender. If you keep net around, you know you're you already burned his ELC. What what's the point? Uh, you why send him down? You're not paying him that much extra money. You have the room on your cap. Keep him around. He's making pennies. You know what I mean? He's making peanuts. Yeah, I think the only way outside of the three goalie scenario is to waive Reimer and hope that nobody picks him up. I could see teams picking him up. Look at Colorado, rocking Miska as a backup. They could use a Reimer. Apparently Bernier's linked to Colorado. There's things that that could happen, but I dude, I'll tell you, I think Ned is just the guy to go down. You know, they'll call him up when they can. When Morazic comes back, Nedeljkovic being the guy that can just straight up just go to the taxi squad with no issues whatsoever, I think Ned goes down. The same question applies for Dallas. Like, Ottinger's been the better goalie. 2.16 goals allowed to Kadobin's 2.65, 9.17 to Kadobin's 9.07. 55% quality starts to only 50. So, like, the quality starts aren't as big of a disparity as everything else, and that's enlarged due to Ottinger's four. One and six, he leads the league in overtime wins, um, which which is a dangerous stat because it, it shows that he's been like hanging on by the skin of his teeth. The stats back it up; he's been doing really well. Maybe those games he just didn't get the goal support, whatever, whatever. But Kadobin's five eight and one, so only one of these goalies has a winning record. Dobby signed an extension that walks him to a UFA in twenty twenty three twenty four. Ottinger looks like the guy they're leaning on right now. He got both halves of a back to back against Columbus on the 13th and 14th. And what's super interesting is he lost on the 14th, and they still decided to put him in on the 14th. Did I say that right? He lost on the 13th, and they put him in again on the 14th. So they put him back in after a loss. So what do you think What do you think happens here? Is it the same kind of thing? Like Ottinger can freely move up and down. Why not have three good goalies going into hopefully a playoff run if they can, if they can claw their way back in? You can't imagine that Bishop is just going to come back and just, you know, automatically be getting, you know, the lion's share of the starts. Right. That's not feasible. And I think it's a more worrisome situation for the team with Bishop coming back as opposed to a Peter Morazic. So, like, it's a very it's a very different situation. They really should keep those three goalies around. And so Kudobin too. has proven that he can do it. But he is also, just like James Reimer, proven that he is not a workhorse by any means. Yeah, it's a strange situation. So, I mean, I'm increasingly interested in Ottinger lately. Um, he's getting more starts, and he's he's doing well with them. So, like, I love streaming Ottinger, but when Bishop comes back, like you said, this is a case where three goalies makes a lot of sense because Bishop is, is made of glass. And he's not like an anti-Ranta. He's not like a Darcy Kemper where they're back five games after Bishop's out for like a long time, and that's that's what happens. So he's like an anti-Ranta, just amplified, crazy. So the next goalie question we have, because we have three here, the answer cannot be get the tandem, because that is the answer. You should get the tandem. It's about Minnesota, Talbot and Kakinen. What do you do in a situation where a coach wants to roll the hot hand, but both goalies have hot hands? What do you do? Rather have Kakinen. You want Kakinen instead? Kakinen. He's got what, like Kakinen. seven Kakinen. wins in a row Kakinen. or an- Nine wins in a row. I know it's an odd number, but I can't remember if it's seven or nine. 
He's he's the answer, uh, and he is the long term answer. Uh, For sure. Why Absolutely. why they wouldn't you know start kind of handing over the role to him? No reason not to. They can still play uh, more of like a tandem situation, but I think that uh, Kakinen should be the sixty to Talbot's forty. I think. I Dude, mean, is, I do think it'll be close right now. Unreal Both right of now. Them. Both of them. Jesus, what a grab, Talbot. Jesus. He has, he has two shutouts in the last three games. <laughs> Dude, they're both so great. So, like, the answer is get the tandem. You know, I, I, I kind of err on the side of Talbot just for volume because, like, you know, they paid him all that money. And going back to what you're saying about Ned, like, he's getting peanuts, right? Like, Kakinen's not he's not getting paid like a starter Talbot is. So, I, I personally that, err on the side of Talbot. I don't think that that should matter in hockey. Fair enough, yeah. I mean... I, coach I just wants the win. He doesn't care about you know paychecks or anything because the coach gets his own paycheck. But and there's know. no reason for them not to you know band around a young goalie. We've seen it work before. It's true. This this next question is actually pretty fun, and and we've talked about it before. I know my answer is pretty set in stone. When is the right time to grab players out of free agency that are on the trade block in the NHL? So we're talking about guys like Paul Mary. Ricard Raquel, Mikhail Granlund, uh, Matthias Ekholm. Do you chase these like trade rumors on your fantasy team to see what might happen, or like what's what's your stance on players on the trade block? On the, I'm not trading for anybody ahead of time. Well, let's say you can pick up one of these guys on the waiver wire. One of these guys that are like heavily rumored to get traded. If I already think that they have a good enough schedule and they're already somebody on my radar that little bit doesn't hurt and then you know you can always be the person to drop them i'd always rather be the person to drop them instead of the person that wished i picked them up my my stance is i don't chase this stuff i've gotten burned with like matt duchene he was awesome when he played for the senators and then he was not awesome when he played for columbus and then there was guys like blake coleman that you know exactly what happened like he was top line getting power play time in New Jersey. He was fucking awesome. He was like the Trocheck of that year. And then he gets traded to Tampa and he's a depth guy. And that's, that's mostly where I want to lead this conversation is that think about the teams that are making these pushes that really need like a top line, top power play guy. There's not many, there's not many. Like I, I know maybe Raquel goes to Toronto, right? And there's a couple wing spots that are open and he's been known to play wing and stuff. So he could land in the top six. He could, but that means that you're betting that Raquel gets traded to Toronto. You're betting that he does get top six time, which looks pretty feasible because Raquel could slot in, in that Galchenyuk spot. But where's the, the power play time for him? Get top six time. I think, I think he would. Raquel is one, is one of the people that almost no matter where he would get traded, if he were to get traded, he would be in the top six. I think so too. My lead argument is that like teams that are making a push, teams that are seriously contending and that are buyers are looking for depth. They're looking for depth. They're looking for it's, third line guys. They're I, looking I for second power play guys. And they're not looking for guys that are gonna be awesome. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not looking for a top line top power play guy because playoff teams and Stanley Cup contenders already have top line top power play guys. I'm kind of ambivalent to the whole thing. Yeah, if I got Raquel, maybe I'll hold on. Like he's cold as shit right now, but he's in streamer territory. So, like, he was hot last week, and now he's cold this week, so I'll stream him out, you know? I'll, I'll pick him back up when he gets hot. I'm not picking him up and just letting him rest on my bench in a cold streak while he's top-line, top power play in Anaheim just to get traded to Boston 
where he's going to be like second line, second power play. Like that's a downgrade most of the time. So you got to think about you're getting a guy who's going to be a, a big fish in a small pond and then he's going to go to a big pond. Blake Coleman is the perfect example because, you know, he was he was hot shit in New Jersey and then he went to Tampa and he like fell flat, like all fantasy relevance for the most part just disappeared. He was a heavy shooter. He was a heavy scorer, a heavy hitter, heavy blocker even. And just those kind of things mess with me. But there are enough opportunities out there. And this brings another wrinkle, Zach, because say Raquel gets traded to Toronto. That's two weeks that you're going to lose out on because he has to cross the border. Yeah. Are they still are they still hard on that two weeks? Yeah, they've been they've been trying to like lower it to seven days. Like, you know, Montreal has apparently been one of the teams that's like trying to get them to reduce that amount of time. So maybe it happens, but like you're still losing games. And not only do you have to pick up Raquel right now, withstand the cold streak, wait until the trade deadline, but you're also gambling that he goes to a place that he has like super awesome relevance. You know, like Paul Mary to me, he feels like a Calgary flame. That's where I think he's going if he does get moved. Uh, apparently, like preliminary talks have have started between him and New Jersey. So let's see if it gets done. But they have a ton of room on the right wing. Like they have they have no right wingers. They do, but they have like four third line right wingers outside of Magic Pony <laughs> who they just mismanage. So like Paul Mary could easily fit into that top line, but he's a second power play guy. Now he's not all that great in you know in New Jersey where he is now, but there's nothing telling that, you know, Paul Mary can't get picked up the day before trade deadline, see what happens, and then fucking drop him, you know? I, I don't chase that's what I want to say. I don't chase these trade rumors and you really have to be careful doing it because a Blake Coleman can happen. And then you drop him. And then you drop him. That's fine. But then, but also like that's three weeks from now, trade deadline and stuff. Like you have to hold maybe even four weeks. I'm not picking him up now. I'm not picking people up now for that. Yeah. Maybe the the week that they might get traded in a couple of weeks. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a later older Zach problem. You know, future (laughs) Zach. Fuck that guy. I deal with that shit. Fuck that guy. Right. All right, weekend preview, man. The teams that have the best schedules, the teams that have three games, are Pittsburgh, Dallas, Tampa, Florida, Nashville, New Jersey. The teams that have two off nights but only two games, Vegas and L.A., those are the teams we're going to cover. We're going to get into a bunch of uh, back-to-back goalie streamers after this. But let's kick it off with Pittsburgh, who, in my opinion, has the, maybe the best schedule outside of like off nights and stuff. But they see New Jersey three times. And they got Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, do, should I even waste my breath asking you about Casey DeSmith versus New Jersey? Can I even sell you on New Jersey? You can sell me on New Jersey. All right, all right. You can sell me on New Jersey because, well, it's New Jersey. And I do think that the Pittsburgh Penguins would at least win that game. <laughs> I but do think Don't get are. me wrong. Like, Casey DeSmith is totally capable of lay a, laying a fucking egg against he could uh, He could fuck that up easy. Yeah, yeah. They like, did just, however, they, they broke a 12-game winless streak with uh buffalo so they they were the i think buffalo was going into a 12 game losing streak and uh new jersey the same way maybe it was 12 on new jersey's end i think it was i can't remember uh maybe it's just like buffalo's 12 game losing streak was so loud that i didn't think about new jersey's but it was it was two big losing streaks going up against each other but um if Kenny malkin was out in the last game or like he hurt he got hurt he tried mm-hmm. taking um he did a lap during the second period intermission or something and and just couldn't make it happen. So he's like, he's day to day with an undisclosed injury. So I am going to pretend that Kenny Malkin missing some time. Yeah, who to thunk? 
<laughs> but yeah, so Brandon Tanev was the center on the second line, and I mean they didn't do too poorly. But he is—he's my number one streamer going into this. I—I um, I have I have two players for sure, and Brandon Tanev is also my first player. Yeah, Ooh, I think Kasperi Kapanen is probably your second guy. Like these are the two. Kasperi Kapanen is my second guy. Yeah, dude, these guys are sure bets. Like Tanev's forty-six percent in Yahoo. Yanni Hakampa, Hakampa is closing in on Hakampa. is closing in on Brady Kachuk. Now our community voted on his nickname being Captain Crunch. Are you all right with that? I'm I'm okay with that. Fucking a. He he is he is a captain. So Yanni Hakampa, fifteen percent owned. You know their their schedule is not as good as Pittsburgh's this weekend. But like, dude, if you need hits, like he's tied with Gudis, or no, Tanev's tied with Gudis. Hakampa has more yeah. than Gudis. Um, Tanav has what? Fifth, he has three hits a game in his last five, just alone. As a, you know what yeah, I mean? that's a, that's a and, that's and a he's slump getting you points. Him. That's a hit slump, and he's for getting him. you points. He's and somehow he's doing it on like one or two shots a game. But it's because he play. Okay, so the reason Brandon Tanav scores goals, and especially on you know being in the situation he's in right now, is because he plays that Brad Marchand position on the backside on the backside of the goal where he can just stuff goals in and just, you know, do those little one, one-timers one where all you have to do, it just hits his stick. They just have to pass for his stick, and it goes in. Like, that is Brandon Tanev's kind of game. That's perfect for that second line. Perfect. Oh, I love him more on the third line, I'll be honest with you. Like, they lead the league. I'm pretty sure I can say this. He, they lead the league in, like, goals for percentage. I think it's 100%. Like, that line has never been scored on the Bluger, Aston Reese, and Tanev line. And they have like seven, six goals for or seven goals for or something like that. And I like him on the third line better because when, when your top two lines have Crosby and Malkin on it, like what is your opposition to do? Like they're not putting out their best guys against Tanev, Bluger, and Aston Reese when you have Malkin and Crosby to go up against. So like the strength of opposition is just, it's, it's not there for Tanev. And he's, he's excelling with it. He's, dude, he's got seven points in his last seven games. He has been an absolute stallion. Like you were saying, he has three hits a game over that span too. Like 100% should be, especially like only in bangers leagues, I'd say, because Kapanen's more of my points league play where Tanev is like, you know, for cats leagues and stuff, because he will get you the hits and there's a good chance he can get you some points too. I mean, in our home league alone, uh, Kasperi Kapanen was already taken. I picked up Brandon Tanev. Yeah. By, by you. Yep. Well done. Um, and I picked up Brandon Tanev, and I haven't dropped him. I haven't dropped him. I, I will when, when you know, the oh, bottom sure, falls yeah. out because it's going to. But, like, yeah, I've certainly held on to him. Yeah, it's, time a, being. it's a banger points league, too. So it's not even cats in our home league. Yeah. It's, like, it's a little you know, bit of everything. If you get points for hits and stuff like that, like, Tanev's going to get you at least one point a game. Like, for us, I think a hit is, like, point one five or something. He mm-hmm. will get you. He'll get you a point. Because he's gonna shoot and he's gonna get like a couple hits, so he'll never get you a zero. Speaking of which, I forgot to bring up, and Raj isn't here, so I'm sure he would have reminded us. But Tyler Mott is back. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So you know, the episode length is gonna get longer going forward because there's Tyler Mott to talk about. Tyler Mott is like a staff sergeant crunch. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, uh, President Crunch. All right, Kasperi Kapanen, dude is point per game in his last 13 games. Fucking Baker's dozen worth of points. Baker's dozen worth of games. Uh, 38% in Yahoo, 43% in ESPN. Like, Malkin may be out. To me, it's kind of a wash because, yeah, you lose even strength help. But as a result, Kapanen has been getting 
top power play time in Malkin's stead. So, like, no matter what happens, I do like Kapanen's deployment here. So it's kind of a wash. Like, yeah, you lose even strength, but you gain power play time. And 43% ESPN, too. So, like, available, Tanev, 48% ESPN. Like, both these guys available in half a leagues. Well, at least I'm I'm happy to be part of the, you know, the good side of 50. Win one for the good guys. Fucking eight. Uh, Dallas, they got Detroit Thursday and Saturday, and they got Nashville on Sunday. So we got a back-to-back here. Do you like Ottinger against either Detroit or Nashville? Yes. Me too. Yes. Me too. Yes. On either. Either. Don't matter which yeah. one he plays. I'm down for either. I, I'll go for either too, man. Rupa Hints is a drop this year, right? Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's... I've seen him available in a lot of, like... Are various leagues. The problem is, like, I've seen him very available. He's a game time decision every game, <laughs> and that, that's that's what sucks. Like, I know he's nursing an injury, and this is how we're gonna have to approach it, like this year. But in redraft leagues, like, I'm above that frustration. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't have that kind of time. I just fucking drop him. Get somebody that I know is gonna play. Like, if I, if he's gonna rot in my IR and like every. Every single game, a half hour before the game, I need to freak out and figure out if I'm dropping somebody to bring Rupe Hens back. I don't know. I'm just, I'm over it. Alexander Radulov's back. He's up to 80% owned. So, like, maybe go check, you know, one out of every five leagues. But do you know, do you, you know who I like, kind of? Jamie Alexiak. He's a banger. He is a banger. He, I mean, he's a banger. He'll throw in some blocks. And, you know, he's actually been getting some points lately. He, he's over in his last two, but I mean, Three points in his last five. I dig it. Four points in his last two weeks. Eight games. 13 shots in there. Hits and blocks are pretty good. Not bad. I want to know what you think about Jason Robertson. Like, should we buy in? I I like everyone with the last name Robertson. <laughs> Nick and Jason? Yeah. Why yeah. yeah, I kind of I do, to be honest with you. He's got eight points in his last six. It sounds great, but three of those were zeros. Three games, no points. So that... Leaves three multi-point games. One was a four-point game. He is getting second-line time with uh, Dickinson and Gurianov and getting top power play. So, like, this one's this one's pretty interesting. But, like, I, I, in a shortened season, I don't have that kind of flexibility to take this kind of chance. But there might be somebody out there that is. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm a little more conservative than that. Well, he's certainly a stream. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. But, yeah. I mean, why not? Dude, you know me. Uh, you've seen me pick up some, some you give, weird... You give everybody a chance. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am an equal opportunity streamer. Innocent like, until I'm, proven guilty kind of guy. I'm the kind of person that, like, you'll see a goal scored, and you'll be like, gee, when the fuck did he pick him up? Mackenzie Weger and shit. Oh, my God. That one hit. That one hit. Oh, my, Big oh time. my God. Big time. I love Mackie Weegs, man. Mackie Weegs. <laughs> Gurianov, man. Um, okay, so Robertson's 3% owned in both ESPN and Yahoo. So he's available. Very available. Oh, and Alexiak, by the way, is 2% owned. So Very available. Just, you know, just keep it in mind. Ah, I told myself I'd take a shot every time uh, the Flyers got scored on. So I have like 12 shots left to do. <laughs> Gurianov, 23% owned in Yahoo, 19% ESPN. This guy, he's bound to pop off. He's she's shooting like 4% in his last 20 games. That's what he does. He scores goals. You know, it could just be one of those seasons for him, but like, fuck me. He's got to score. He's got to score at some point. So like going into this weekend, they got Detroit twice. They got Nashville once. Gurionov, like it's a good as, as good a chance as any, I think. I mean, I dropped him, what, 
couple weeks ago. It's a good time to stream it back. I'd be down for a stream. Yeah, yeah, I would be down for a stream. I don't think anybody's saying he's a long-term holder or anything, but stream for sure. I've become a little soured. I think it's it's about time that Jake Ottinger makes his way into like hold territory because I think Buddy's an ad. Ottinger, 31% Yahoo, 8% ESPN. Uh, ESPN standard doesn't have like goalie minimums or anything. So I, I want to get a piece this weekend versus Detroit or Nashville and something to watch out for. Like I was saying, he leads the league in overtime wins. Tampa coming up next, man. They got Chicago Thursday and Saturday. They got Florida on Sunday. McElhinney's been bad. Are you going to touch him going into this weekend at all? It's it's risky. Like you used to be able to yeah, count because on you bank on just Tampa winning. Right. Yeah. You, know, you just bank on them scoring more goals than the other team. <laughs> He's got an 874 this year with a 319 goals allowed. Uh, one in three starts is quality with two really bad starts already. He's got fucking two roast beef sandwiches and he's only played six games. So he's got just as many roast beefs as he does quality starts. This one's risky to me. Like, I don't know. It's risky, but I'm down for goalie hits depending on the matchup. You just got to bank on Tampa winning. That's what you're going in there. You're, you're, you're knowing that he is going to get scored on. You're just hoping that they win, you know, the game yeah. where he you, where he gives up, you know, three goals or less. Three goals or less, I can live with. Anything more than that, it's going to start, you know, bringing it down and oh, yeah. might get negative. Snowball which effect. Is, which is the worst. Who do you like from Tampa here this weekend? Yanni Gord. Yeah? Yanni Gord. I yeah. like Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord shoots, bro. Does he? Uh, All yeah. of a sudden? Yeah. Okay, and what, in his last five, he has 16 shots in his last five. Oh, fuck, yeah. Close to, I dig it. Close to three I shots a game you're, in his last gonna, two weeks, You're going to get, you know, a hit, a block, uh, a bunch of shots, and the chance to score. He's on that second line right now, what, playing between Kalorn and Stamkos. I'm down. I'm down for Yanni Gord. Sure. You know, he's available. I know that. That's a sidecar I'd go for. Because he's playing second-line center, Anthony Sorelli is top line. Top line. For like for like the tenth game in a row really. or some shit. Like And he's playing well too. He's like, not playing too bad, yeah. He I mean he still doesn't shoot, which is frustrating as hell, but you know, available in half of Yahoo leagues, only fourteen percent of ESPN leagues can you pick him up. But I, I'm I'm curious, like if I don't know if he's being called on to be more offensive or it's just because a ton of their last games have been against like Detroit, Chicago, Nashville Dallas, like, are they just having fun? What are they doing? Is this like a uh, real if thing? It's putting, if it's putting Anthony Sorelli up on the the top line, just don't ask uh, questions. When, when really, I feel like it wasn't that long ago when we were like, oh, he's got a cap, you know, he can only go so right, far yeah. on that team, and now now he's on top line, and like every now and then he he gets some top line time. Like, you don't have to talk me into Anthony Sorelli, right, right? Yeah. You don't. I am the last guy you got to talk into that. <laughs> he is. He's super steady. Like he's got eight points in his last ten. You know the shots. Like we said, it's only one point three in that span per game. Yeah. Uh, he does hit. He's got seventeen hits in his last ten. Nine blocks. Not bad. Not bad. Um, yeah. Just I, doesn't I, shoot. I try for it. I, Just the, doesn't shoot. I mean, you're yeah. not picking him up because because he's shooting. That's for sure. Kalorn. Alex Kalorn is the guy right now for me as far as availability goes. 42% Yahoo, 32% ESPN. He's on the top power play. They're going up against a slew of weak penalty kills, as we mentioned in our last show. He's got eight points in his last eight. Three of those are power play points. I think this one speaks for itself. 
Uh, and then I got Blake Coleman here just because, like, if if you are behind on some crunch, Coleman kind of lends a hand. He's got 14 hits in his last 10, five points to boot, a couple blocks in there, only two, 18 shots. So, like, he does a little bit of everything. He's a role player. He doesn't get any power play time. Even strength time is okay. He does get penalty kill time. So there's that for Tampa. Uh, move to Florida. What do you say? Mackie Weeks for the Norris. <laughs> sure. Mackie Weeks for the Norris, Are man. you over... Uh, Michael Kempney already? Uh, yeah. Is he even playing yeah, this cause, year? Yeah, because because my boy Mackenzie Weger is is tearing it up. Yeah, fifty two percent in Yahoo, thirty nine in ESPN. He has been strong. Was he got seven points in his last seven games? How? Dude, he is baking pottery because he is killing it, man. He is killing it. And he he's shooting. Uh, he hits like he blocks, dude. Mackenzie Weger does it all. He's steady. He is he is my number one pickup for Florida. Fucking love it. I like. Uh, I mean, Carter Verhage. Just got to talk about him because he's getting points of again. Course. Of, of course. course, like it's just one of those kind of have to do it. Anthony Duclair on the top line, you know, hasn't gained my trust back just yet, but he looked good in in the games that he did play. And Radko Gudis, banger, forty one percent owned man, like. Fucking go for it. What's he got? 23 hits in his last seven. So he's slowing down from his four hits a game pace just to three hits a game, but he's still crunching. So Florida has Nashville Thursday, Saturday, and then we're going to talk about Nashville, and then they have Florida Thursday, Saturday. But Florida's got Tampa on Sunday. Sunday is the only off night that they're going to see, um, but they do have a back-to-back Nashville, then Tampa. Do you like Drieger in one of those games? I'm assuming Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, well, I'd no, go. Of for course, it. I do. I'd go for uh, it. I'd actually, uh, it looks like you know, Florida's actually playing decent hockey and doing it for an extended period of time. Yeah, um, and it seems like they know exactly what they have in Drieger and exactly what they have in Bobrovsky, and they're making no qualms about it. I mean, at least the way it looks to me. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely down for him in any of those situations, and even like you know, situations uh, where it's even. You know, a next lineup, but like they're playing a, you know, super tough team. I might back off a little bit. Maybe, like he's been strong enough. In Nashville, they got Florida Thursday, Saturday, and then Dallas on Sunday. UC Saros was taken off the IR, so it looks like he's going to be back. Both of these goalies are available, and they have a back-to-back versus Nash or um, versus Dallas and Florida. Do you like Saros or Rene in either of these games? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little turned off of Nashville goalies because of Nashville defense. Uh, you're more of the pick up a Nashville goalie type of guy than than I am. Yeah, I used to be. This this year's not the year to do it, especially with Ellis, Yossi, and I guess Fabro's back. But yeah, it's just it's they've been decimated. So I'm with you. I'm I'm probably gonna stay away, especially like you know Dallas and Florida coming up. What I want to know though. Is why is Ely Tilvanen still, you know, yep. less than five percent owned? Yeah, it's a three point nine percent ownership. He's kicking ass. Man. He's kicking ass. That's what I wrote. He's it's kicking, like, is he's, is he's he slowing ass. down? No, he's fucking not. Like he's got five points in his last seven. Three of those are power play points, and he's banging. He's banging, dude. dude. He, he like, hits he, like he's hitting. Yeah, he is hitting, hitting really well. I swear to God, if you just watch a Nashville game and watch his shot. You'll be sold. This kid's got a fucking blister of a wrister, dude. It is, it's impressive. I, I always kind of likened him to, like him and Owen Tippett were kind of the same player to me. 
but now Tolvanen, like especially that we've seen how well he's hitting and stuff, like I am I am off of that train and now I'm like full Tolvanen. Yeah. No, I don't I don't disagree with you for, for one second. It blows my mind that he is four percent owned. Yeah. And, and, and he's in, doing in, it. In ESPN, which is mostly about points, and he not only is he getting a ton of points, but he's just doing everything. Ely Tolvanen, please, please go out and pick him up. Oh, yeah. And the time on ice is on its way up. Like, he's getting top-line time. Uh, the last update that I saw, he was getting top-line time. But in his last few games, he's getting, like, 16 minutes average time on ice. And, you know, he was kind of in that 13, 14, 15 range. But, you know, with top-line. Right, right around 20 shifts, dude. Yeah, yeah. not bad. Top-line, top power play, like, give it to me, dude. Like, I'm all about it. I don't even mind um, Victor Arvidsson so much in the last little bit. He's He's... You know, he's on his way up. Apparently, he's on the trade block, so he's one of those guys that could be, like, you know, trying to do some good for his, uh, you know, contract or I don't know, whatever. But he's got six points in his last seven, 21 shots, so three shots a game. Uh, the shooting percentage is coming on and up. It's close to 10% now. So, like, I am I was kind of counting on a bounce back for, for Arvidsson here, and it looks like, you know, slowly but surely it's starting to happen. He's 32% owned in Yahoo, 10% in ESPN, man. Like, this is a guy that, I still have some hope for not for like a see, 60, now, 70 point year, Victor but could gets it. traded. I could see him going to be somewhere to be on the bottom six. Yeah. But think about like if the flyers make a move for Ekholm and Arvidsson, which is one of those rumors that I heard was strong. And now apparently they're backing out. Like there's some expansion draft protection bullshit where they, they can't really take on Ekholm. After a nine, nine zero loss, like you've made it apparent that you need some defense. Huh? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And Arvidsson's huh. Arvidsson's a shooter. So like put him on a power play, you know, the the Flyers play a 50-50, you know, kind of lackluster in terms of name quality on either unit. I think Arvidsson could slot into one of those units and bring a shooting element to one of them. But yeah, like he like he's on a little streak here. He's available two out of three Yahoo leagues and nine out of 10 ESPN leagues. He could be somebody to look for going up against Florida and Dallas. Um Oh, probably a Sunday streamer for me. Just a Sunday look. Ekholm just deserves a mention here. He's still got five points in his last seven. Uh, 17 shots, six hits, nine blocks. So, like, around one of each a game, uh, except for the shots, which are up around two. So, that one, fine. Uh, New Jersey, man. So, we were we were pretty high. I know I was on Pittsburgh because they got to see New Jersey three times. But New Jersey gets to see Pittsburgh three times. Is there any chance you're picking up Blackwood or Wedgwood? Because both are available. They're both under 50%. Everybody on New Jersey is under 50%. Everybody. I'm bigger on picking up Blackwood. I might give it a shot, but like... I actually thought about picking up Blackwood the other day. It, it worked out, actually. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. picking him up. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. So in the last two weeks, eight games played for New Jersey, Travis Zajac, Yanni Kokonen, and P.K. Subban lead the team with seven, six, and five points, respectively. Uh, like I said, you could pick up anybody you want from New Jersey, but I, I I don't have a ton of faith in anybody here. Like the guys that were typically higher on, Jack Hughes, Ty Smith, Pavel Zaka, between the three of them, they have the same amount of points as Travis Zajac in the last two weeks. So like there's a ton of variance between these players. Like they're all, all their production has been so up and down um, and they're going up against Pitt. To me, like I don't want to recommend anybody from New Jersey just because I think it's a bad idea. I don't know if you have anybody worth mentioning. I mean, if I'm going to pick up somebody, just like you said, I'd pick up probably a Hughes first. Um, he's just around, what, 
50, 50%, 50% yeah. right, right around there. Uh, but I mean, Zaka seems to have definitely cooled off. So is Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt did have a point or two yesterday, I believe. But I guess it would, it would, it would 100% be huge for me. Yeah, but there's nothing to say that anybody. they can't turn it on. I mean, if if they turn it back on, then get back on the the front end of that front end of that burn. But yeah, right now I'm not you know going out of my way to pick up a Jack Hughes. Yeah, especially not with the rest of the options available this weekend. Uh, okay, so that's it for the three game teams. Now we're on to Friday, Sunday, the teams that have both of the off nights going this week. Uh, just for like schedule maximization, Vegas and LA are the teams that. You might want to hone in on they're playing each other Friday, Sunday. So Friday, Sunday, Vegas has L.A. L.A. Friday, Sunday has Vegas. Uh, Storylines here are Alex Tuck and Chandler Stevenson were both game time decisions tonight and they did not play. I think like the fact that it, that a player was a game time decision tonight leads me to believe that their next game, they're going to be good to go. If it was close enough to be called like 30 minutes before tonight's game, I think with another day and a half, they're going to be fine. So they lead the way for me. Like they're they're the streamers. Alex Tuck, Chandler Stevenson. Between the two of these guys, like Tuck's got six points in his last eight. Stevenson's got eight points in his last seven. Like the pims are good. The shots, you know, the shots are good for Tuck, but they're not good for Stevenson. He's still like around one a game. Uh, the shooting percentages on both sides are crazy, but it, that's that's what it is when we're looking at small sample sizes like this. What do you think of Vegas here? So so you're telling me that you're not in on Cody Glass on that top line, huh? Well, I figure when Stevenson comes back, he loses that. Yeah. And also, I, he's I, been... Oh, it was sarcasm. I get it now. I yeah, get it now. No, it, it was sarcasm. I'll shut up. I'll just drink. I Hey, that's also fine. Here, actually, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, I mean, that would be where your initial reaction would go. You would say, hey, maybe I should take a look at Cody Glass. He's been so unproductive this year. He has been wildly unproductive. And if he's not giving you your points, then he's not giving you anything else. Um, he hasn't really been shooting lately. Um, he does not block and he does not hit. And he's terrible at faceoffs too, if you're in that kind of league. like Yeah, so I, I'm yeah under 50%. I, I, I'm not in on that. But I will say, as soon as a, a Chandler Stevenson comes back, I am totally in on that. And especially in Alex Tuck. Well, we've always been Alex Tuck fans. Got good hands. He is a big dude. Got good hands, man. You would lean Alex Tuck over Chandler Stevenson this weekend? Yes, because I think Alex Tuck is more. I think that he is the better player. Just in my in my heart of hearts, I think that he is the better player. It's always better to like err on the side of shots. Stevenson's got got him beat in terms of line mates, but uh, you know there's arguments for both. I think Stevenson is a lot more available, twice as available. Alex Martinez is somebody to just go check in on, like, you know, three points in his last four games, seven shots in that span, nine blocks. That's kind of a baseline for him, two blocks a game. L.A., man, like, I feel like this one is just Groundhog Day. Every time we get to L.A., it's just Adrian Campe. Go for it. Well, he has slowed down uh, in a, from yeah, his... He's got two goals in two his last goal four. Two-goal-a-game pace. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? But, yeah, like, it, you're not picking up an Anze Kopitar. You're not picking up any of that shit. But, like, Kempe's still shooting. He is still tri-eligible, which is fan-fucking-tastic. But, you know, the cat's out of the bag. He's up to 50% owned. Still a power play point in his last little bit. And then I think, like, you know, the the regular, the usual suspects, man. Like, Alex, I follow 9%. You just can't beat top-line, top power play. I don't know how he's not doing anything. He's got two points in his last three games, which is great. But he's got 12 minutes average time on ice in that span, like, 
what is happening to Iofalo here? Is he is he still top line? Those don't look like top line minutes to me. No, I'm actually still more interested in a Jeff Carter. Yeah, I'd take now. Carter over Iofalo right now. I don't At know what's going he, on with Iofalo. He shoots a ton, Jeff Carter. Yeah, what's up with Iofalo here? I gotta I'm gonna dig into this real quick, but. 13 minutes average time on ice in his last three games. He had... That can't be right. Is Yahoo fucking around with me? Yeah, they must be because that is not his average time on ice. Whose average time on ice is that? Why is it telling me that he's getting 12 minutes time on ice? Um, Alex Iafalo... Maybe, maybe they're in averaging in today's has game. around 19 minutes time on ice. I wonder if because the game's going on that they're... He's had... Just under 20 minutes time on ice for the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nothing to worry about. False flag. But yeah. I have still like Jeff Carter. I still, still like, like Jeff, Jeff Carter. He he at least shoots. He's also tri-eligible. Just does, he just does not shoot. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't shoot. Under one a game in the last week. You just hate to see it. No back-to-backs, obviously, this weekend. But um, what do you think about their goaltenders? Like, Cal Peterson is somebody that... You know, I like Cal Peterson. He hasn't been winning a ton, but he's like the stats are pretty good. He's got a 953 in his last couple games, uh, average between two, 921 on the year. He's 24% rostered. Do you like his chances against Vegas at all? No, but I like him in general. He's he's one of those guys that can lose a game and still put up great stats. Agreed. I will agree with you on that. I, I do. Uh, I like Cal Peterson. I think he is a damn good goalie. He is always going to see a ton of shots against him, but... He's going to lose. He's going to lose. And it's not going to be his fault. Yeah. It's not going to be his fault, but he's going to lose. All right, so that is it for the streamer suggestions. Let's get into the back-to-backs to close out the the episode here. So Thursday, Friday, there is none. But Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, we got Montreal and Vancouver playing a double set. Who do you like from these? Do you, would you go Jake Allen? Would you go Thatcher Demko? Uh, is he available anymore? That's the thing. Like he's been playing so well lately, and not really quietly or anything. But yeah, Demko seventy eight up to seventy eight percent rostered. I remember a couple of weeks Good. ago we were like fucking you know forty percent. Uh, so it doesn't look like you're going to get him. But like, all right, if you had to choose Allen or Holtby, who who are you picking? Allen. It's always fun to ask questions. I know the answer to. I'm telling you, just fucking grapefruits all day long. <laughs> Grapefruits all day long. It's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's a fucking slow pitch here. Uh, New York and Washington has a double set. Keith Kincaid. I, wait, wait, I will I will say this though. Out of the two of those teams, uh, as far as like uh, skaters go, I think Niels Hoglander is still my number one as far as you know skaters for either of those teams. Really? Okay. I, I'm high on Niels Niels Hoglander, man. And J T. Miller, Brock Besser, second line. Go for it. He's, yeah, he tallied I'm, I'm, tonight. I'd take it. Hell yeah, he did. So it doesn't look like anybody's available in Washington as VTech is 64% rostered and Samsonov is 88% rostered. But on the New York side of things, Keith Kincaid is very available. Uh, would you roster Keith Kincaid against Washington? No. No. Uh, San Jose no. and St. Louis, I think we're both going to answer no. Billy Huso here. Oh, okay. If the answer is Philly Who, or if the question is Philly Who, so then yes. Yeah, Philly Who, so 3% rostered. He's very available if you're in need of goalie starts this this year or this week. Jesus. You know, going up against San Jose, that's, that's pretty plum. Calgary and Toronto. It looks like Jack Campbell is pretty close. So the options here are David Redditch or Jack Campbell, or maybe both if they stagger these backups, but I don't think they will. Um, I... Ooh. Jack Campbell. 
Yeah, fifteen percent rostered in Yahoo. Jack nine, Campbell would be my nine fifty one on the year with one shutout. He's won all three games that he started. I'm in. I would. I would probably go. You know, I mean, Calgary has been. They've looked good with under Sutter. Like they've been limiting chances. They're doing the dump and chase kind of thing, and it's working too. All right now, they can't score against Edmonton, who can't usually keep the puck out of the net. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, Campbell's close. If he's back, uh, I definitely like that look. I don't know if I'm going Riddich here. I don't, I don't, I don't have faith in Riddich right now. So, anyway, that's curtains, boys. So that is it for today's show. We have what's today? We did the weekend preview. Yeah, so we got the week preview coming up next. That's on Sunday. So Saturday night we'll be recording that one. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us before then, you guys can hit us up on Twitter at FHF Hockey, or you can hop in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. We're closing in on 600 Fantasy Hockey fans in there, man, if you want to join the FHFH community. Sounds of fun. Until then, guys, okay. I love you. Love you.